All right, what's up guys? Welcome to the One Life Podcast. Here with Eric. Uh, Eric has an amazing show called Gladius. Cool, thank give you. Me, give Appreciate me a rundown that. on what is Gladius? <laughs> Gladius is Cirque du Soleil meets Roman gladiators with old Mad Max thrown in there. And gotcha. uh, it's all done with aerial acrobatics, horses, gymnastics. Gymnastics on horses though, right? Gymnastics on horses. On horses, all, while, yeah, while running. While, while we're... While at speed, yeah. Yeah, and you, how many um, people you got in your cast, in your team? Uh, 20 horses, 15 performers, and 10 tech crew. Do you really? Yep. What are the What are the horses? You got draft horses? Um, we have a little bit of everything. We have everything from little minis that are literally about that Super tall. Cute. Yeah. Um, Norwegian fjord horses, which are a pretty rare breed out this direction anyway, and they're kind of a really ancient breed with a cool dorsal stripe, um, all the way up to uh, the Clydesdales that you'd think of for Budweiser. Your big, your big uh, draft big, horses. Yeah, big, big, big boys. Our biggest one weighs 2,500 pounds. Is it really? And is six foot five at the top of the shoulder. What's its name? Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> what a perfect name. And I, I know. A, I do have a new one uh, named Apollo that's the same height, but he's, yeah. he, we bought him and he, we got him out of like a pasture and he was really thin. So once he kind of bulks up, he may be giving Thunder a run for his money. I'll oh, say. really? Yeah. Well, how, how, what did he weigh when you got him? I don't know. I I only put thun. I I just always assume they weigh about two thousand pounds. Okay. Um. I only put thunder on a scale because I was like, "Gee, this horse is huge. I wonder what he really weighs." Gotcha. And he actually, came in at twenty five hundred. That's crazy. And uh, all your horses are rescues. Not all of them. A lot of them are rescues. Um. Some of them. Some some of them are bought at an auction where most of the time I'm bidding against like the meat market, so it's not technically a rescue because. But it's but you saved their life. Yeah, um, and then some of them I buy. Some of them somebody will call me up and be like, "Hey, I got this horse for sale that I think would be perfect for you guys. Are okay. you interested?" So it's a little mix of everything, um, but a a big percentage are actual legit rescues. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. What made you um, What made you rescue horses? Or what like <laughs> like obviously you got a passion for animals, like all animals, or it's just horses. <laughs> Uh, I know you got like hor- three dogs or something yeah. too, right? Horses more more than the rest, but animals in general. Where where did that come from? Like, what where do you what makes you think to start a show like that? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> I'm an idiot. That's a that's big a, goal. That's a, that's that's a uh, big goal that most people even think about. Yeah, no, um, I I kind of grew up. I grew up on horses doing, and I like five years old. I got bored of sitting. Where'd you grow on, up? What uh, all what's, over. I so I was I was born in Kentucky. Okay. My dad's from Israel. My mom's from Canada. Somehow we ended up in Kentucky. I was born there. Moved to Colorado when I was three. Okay. Um, like a farm boy type upbringing. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Ranch. Okay. More ranch more than ranch farm. Than okay. Um, and uh, I literally was on horses like the day I was born. Um, I got my first pony when I was. We trailered him to Colorado, so before I was three. Oh wow! Um, so you've been around and, a whole lot. Yeah, okay. and uh, I got bored of sitting on him when I was about five, and started standing up on him and jumping off him, running through the field. Did you really? Yeah, he started really. And, uh, my parents saw a little a, a little club in Colorado that did the equestrian vaulting, which is a little bit more controlled version of trick riding. Okay. And uh, went, hey, maybe we should send him there so he doesn't kill himself. Gotcha. And so that's kind of where that started. And I did that for a little while with with that club and outgrew that pretty quickly. And at the time, had a quarter horse, sold that, bought a Belgian. I was like 14. Um, 
started traveling to California and working with other horse stunt stuff. Gotcha. How um, common is horse stunt stuff? Like not not common. I was gonna say, yeah, it's, 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 is there like some secret little club that I don't know yeah, about, or is it yeah, pretty it's rare? A, it's a th so there's a couple different venues that people go with it. So it, there's the the equestrian vaulting is probably the smallest of all of them. Okay. And there's Western trick riding, Cossack riding, uh, Roman riding, which everywhere other than the U.S. is called Hungarian post for whatever okay. reason. Um, and those are kind of the main different directions you can go with it. Uh, I started with the vaulting, got into the Roman riding really early, and then kind of branched out into the rest of it too, just because I like all of it. Gotcha. What do your parents think about you doing that and like uh, doing it now? Did they, did they see this coming or? Yeah, I mean they they. I I was always uh, always an idiot in front of a crowd. If there's a crowd of people, I you like attention. Yeah, I turn I turn I turn on. Like I I'm pretty quiet if I'm just like you chilling are. You're out. very you're very chill. And then you put a big audience in front of me, and all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> you just got to meet it before, man. So uh, I guess they saw the performing thing pretty early on, and even when I was competing in the vaulting stuff and i competed i was on the u.s team and oh really okay. went all competed at multiple world championships and okay actually i met my wife at um the world championship in 2002 in spain i was spain. gonna say where you guys met That's you guys a, you guys met in spain yeah gotcha. yeah we met in jerez spain right off the coast and uh that's we just met there we never we about eight years later we finally got together but that's okay. where we actually met for the first time um so yeah, toured all over doing that stuff. I uh, got hired by the state of Israel to help work with uh, their vets on rehab, using the horses a few different times over the years. Um, Cirque du Soleil founder picked me up for to help create the show Cavalia, and we toured with the show Cavalia for a while. Where is that? Is that still? Uh, it's not playing anymore. Uh, it played from go? 2002 till pretty recently. Really? And were you traveling the world with yep. that? Yeah, really? we traveled, so we toured, toured that. It was uh, about six weeks of, we'd play in each city for about six weeks. We were in each city for about eight. Is that amazing to do, just to be in a different city and doing what yeah, you it was. Yeah, it was, it, it was a really cool experience. I was 21, 22 at the really? time, something like that. that so too. yeah, so it was great. I got to travel around. Um, Getting kind of travel, doing what you love. And it worked out really well for me because they needed the horse that I had at the time for the show. So I was able, so I literally had my horse, a truck and a motorcycle and cool ran around the country and they put me up in a new housing thing every time, every city and I'd yeah. get to screw around and go perform at night. And That's amazing. So Most, uh, most people hate what they do for a living and here you are <laughs> traveling the world, getting paid to do what you love. How, yeah, how do people, yeah. how does someone do that? Like, how does someone break away from the rat race, get out of that stupid job they hate, and and start following the, the passion? Uh, you got to be willing to take risk. I mean, that's a big that's, one, right? That's the big thing is it's really safe to go, hey, I'm going to go work for GM. And take your you know? paycheck. Week I got week. my paycheck. It comes in every week. I know what I'm making. It's a big company. They're not going anywhere. And if they do, my experience translates to now I can go work at Ford. No big deal. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, doing something like this is there. It's a niche market. If I can't find work, it's not like I can just be like, oh, I'll just work for this other place. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just you know, work in this other horse show. Yeah, yeah, it's a. It, so it's a big risk, and you have to be willing to 
A, take that risk, and B, it never goes smoothly. It's not like you make it's, a plan a business, and right? it goes, yeah, it's a business and it doesn't always make money. So I've done everything from bounced at strip clubs to rebuilt Harley motors to okay. whatever when the money's not where it needs to be and gotcha. we need, to, need some, you know, my overhead's still high. I got 20 horses to feed, if nothing else. So you're, you just have to be, you have to diversify your abilities and really like, okay, so I have these, these skill sets. This is what I'm focusing on. But when I need money coming in, what can I do to, to, to pull money? Um, do what it takes to make I, the money to keep the show running. Right. I mean, through the, high, through the highs and the lows. Right. And sometimes things are great and sometimes they're not. And because the way this show is structured, it's like a huge chunk of money comes in and then it all dwindles away <laughs> and that big chunk of money comes in and then gotcha. it all dwindles away and is that just a lack of consistent yeah consistent just because we don't have enough and 2020 did not help anything we yeah COVID. we just like everything was kind of where it was supposed to be and then COVID happened and but you know life happens yeah it's, i mean just, that's part of this yeah isn't that? You, you just have to deal with it but um talk to me about how much food are you going through how often Oh, you I, mean the horses? I yeah, was talking about me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you, I know you eat a lot yourself, too. But I've, uh, I've, I've seen, like, I've seen the, the horses come in. Th- about $3,000 a month in hay. 3000 And is that, does that, is that enough? Does that feed? $3,000 a month in hay feeds them. And that, um, you're not talking we, about medical? You're not talking no, about... No, that's just the hay. There's gotcha. grain, there's medical, there's shoeing, there's, you know, hopefully not, they don't get sick or anything, but that Yeah, can, yeah, so I'm getting But that, it doesn't, like, I mean... I do a lot of it, so I save a lot of money in, okay. in that stuff. But I mean, one bad vet bill is a couple thousand dollars, and damn, okay, just boom, gone. That's, that's crazy. How you, you seem to be like, uh, you seem to be able to do everything. You fix cars, <laughs> you fix bikes. You, how, how do you pick that up? Is it just you just, um, you just take action just, and figure it out? Yeah, or? I just I need to learn how to do something. I do it i mean you nowadays can, it's easier you google it and look watch yeah, a video sure. on youtube and then go okay do you pick do things up quickly is that kind of your personality i, I guess i mean i because you never cease to amaze me what you can and can't do there's <laughs> not much i haven't seen you not be able to do i i mean if even if i don't know how to do it everything think life isn't that complicated you know you want to put a wall up you get some boards you get some nails you look at the how to structure it so that the thing will stay up if you don't know you can google it real quick it's mm. not you know and then you put the nails Just in the boards and, and you built and the wall starts to go up and they go okay that works cool this okay how, and just kind of keep going i mean like but you're also not scared to fail are you which is probably, I, which is probably yeah. a huge a huge side that's a real that's, entrepreneur's trait um yeah you, i mean you fail all the time i can't tell you how many times this show has failed i mean mm. I, We've put the show on and lost money. I couldn't tell you how many times. Okay. Or one disaster. We had a, at one point I had a $10 million investor. Everything was going great. We were about to open. We just bought a tent for $1.7 million. A we tent had a tent. Yeah, an expensive camping trip. Um, wow. We, we were, everything was great. I had the whole cast rehearsing for like six months to do this thing. The investor gets back together with his, at the time, ex wife. She decides she thinks the show should be all about her, and the whole fucking thing oh, really? crashes. That sounds like a, a like a movie, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I really wish we had had cameras filming that whole oh, wow. fiasco. Yeah, you see these and, movies uh, where the guy gets back with the girl, and that yeah. actually happens. Oh, it, it happens straight up. He was, prior to her, he was did exactly what his job as an investor was supposed to be, write the checks. Yeah. Wrote the checks. I had, I had put all the right people in all the right places to make sure that everything worked and was going to be successful. Um, and then he got back together with her, and all of a sudden she shows up at a meeting like well i think we should like <laughs> i don't remember asking your opinion what really? <laughs> and it very quickly at first he was like oh don't worry you know she's just whatever but you know it's you and me I'm like all right and then not very i mean days later it was well i i can make this call because it's my money i was like Interesting. It's, my, it's my show you sing, <laughs> like, sing too the movie sing too no. That's exactly what happens in that. Really. Yeah, it's exactly uh, what happens. Yeah, it's, uh, the investor puts his daughter in there and makes it all about her, and the show starts to go. Yeah, no, and it, it, it's exact. And so, like a month before we were supposed to open, the whole thing crashed. Me and about 75% of the cast all ended up leaving. He decided to keep moving forward. I still owned all the rights to the show, so he had to totally revamp a month before opening. Um, the way it worked out, he he owned the tent and then some of the horses, so some of them stayed with okay. him and then a bunch of them were mine and went with me. He had to buy a bunch of new horses, uh, get a whole new cast, do all new costuming because the way the contracts works, the costumings were, costuming was mine, the music was mine. Um, so he had to do all that all over again. Uh, the concept was still mine, so he had to completely redo the whole thing. And they opened, they played three days, got pretty much laughed off stage, oh, really? and then he just disappeared. Left the cast that he had hired high and dry, they're stuck in San Diego, oh, a really? lot of them from all over the world, and he just disappeared on them. And yeah, hadn't paid them people. in weeks, because he had been like, oh, you know, we're tight on money, we're da Wow. And, and I, a, a few of them were friends of mine, and I had warned, I said, look, go make your money, but make sure you get paid, the things are getting sketchy yeah, yeah. over there. I told like, I'm not going to be upset that you go do this or that's fine we're all we all need to make money yeah yeah but make sure you get paid because things are getting sketchy and they ended up not getting paid so yeah. he, he kind of screwed and had the guy and got back with her and said to go to hawaii and take a trip and hang out over there the show would open it would have been great he would have been making money we would all been happy but gotcha is it, is it hard to rent, is it hard to rebound from that or like want to try again when something um, it so was, massive goes wrong? Because that's, that's huge. It was it was big. Um, I got home and was pretty pissed and uh, the whole cast was pretty down. And I got, I just needed something to do and I had a bunch of scrap metal laying around so I welded up a set of bleachers at my house. <laughs> uh, that's where that started, yeah. was it? And, gotcha. Uh, went, you know what? We have more than we had before this we had like he had paid we had three hundred thousand dollars worth of music a hundred thousand dollars worth of costuming a bunch of more stuff that just kind of happened because of it I said fuck it let's do a kickstarter and see if we can the one big mistake that i made with it was when and it's something i do to myself all the time when we were negotiating out how to do the deal with him he wanted to give me a $200,000 a year paycheck to or what to as we built it and I was like fuck that man let's let's we have a limited amount of money let's take that money and build 
the show, and then once the show's making money, then I'll get my money. So you were, you're willing so, to work for free, saying the big picture. Which, Not for free, which, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Which, the, in, the which, which in hindsight was a terrible idea because I would have had a bunch of money in my pocket at the end. But I mean, of not, if it went not, well, you would have had a bunch right. of money in your pocket. Right. right. If it had gone well, yeah. it would have been it would have been good. But but because the way it worked out, it kind of screwed me over. So we were pretty much broke and had nothing. And we did a little Kickstarter and started doing shows at the ranch. And I think the investment thing happened 2012, 2014. We opened the show on our own. Gotcha. So, okay. How did the it, Kickstarter go? Did you make some money? We got twenty k, which for the kind of I mean, like I said, it was a ten million dollar thing to open the show through an investor. So twenty k is obviously a very, very little yeah, amount of yeah. money. Um, it was basically enough money to get all the performers in the same place and to do the opening day. Okay, and that's pretty much what that covered. Your um, the show that you do at your house, uh, you're in Centennial, would you say? You're yeah, Centennial. yeah, it's Centennial. kind of the middle of yeah, Alianza yeah, and Centennial. Yeah, it's like on the edge of Centennial in North Las Vegas. Yeah. How often do you do that show? How many times a year? Uh, it really varies. Um, that 2013 season, we did one a month. Oh, did you really? We did a did a bunch of them just to try to because we could. It was the only thing we could do after the whole thing had kind of fallen okay. apart, and we figured we'd try to build a little fan base and get things going. And it, our first show had like 150 people. By the time we kind of wrapped up that season, we were probably about 500 people a, gotcha. a pop. And the one um, I went to last year, how many were that? That was pretty big. Uh, it was like a thousand. Okay. Um, Which is and what he does, he he puts the show in at his house in his in his yard. I wouldn't really say yard yeah, property. Yeah, back, backyard, basically. Yeah. Pretty much everything's built by scratch. The bleachers and <laughs> people come and they donate money. They buy uh, like clothing. They donate. They you got free photographers there. You got videographers helping you out, and it's just—it's a really, really cool vibe, isn't it? Like, it's yeah, it's actually—it's a, cool a lot vibe. of fun. So we're something to highly recommend checking out. Um, October 29th is the next one okay. we're doing here. Um, Halloween's kind of my thing, so we do an annual Halloween one, no matter what. How do they find out where it is? Uh, Facebook is probably the easiest. Gladius the show. Okay. Um, it'll be on Instagram, TikTok. So just follow your social just, media. But yeah, social media. Because you guys post a lot when it's coming out, don't you? Yeah. Um, we don't really advertise for that only because I have pretty limited seating and typically <laughs> it's full. It's full. So the it's, parking is like yeah. all the way down the street. So <laughs> it's not... But that's what makes it so cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it's great. I mean, it, but we just don't... I don't put any money into advertising because I already... It, we're I, yeah, yeah, already yeah. at capacity. Gotcha. Or, in the case of one you came to last time, way over capacity. Um, Have you had any problems with neighbors or police? No, or? Uh, the city gave me some problems. The neighbors love it. The neighbors love it, do they? Well, I mean, it's a well, free show for the neighborhood. They, and they're all horse yeah. people too, aren't they? Right. Because you're on horse property. Yeah. So the neighbors love it. Um, the city got on me at one point about some of the stuff that I'd built. And I, I fought the city for about three years to get them to back off. But one of their big things was we got to have the neighbors come out and and have a meeting and see if they have any problems and i was like oh yeah that's gonna go good for you they all love us oh, so cool. the, the, the neighbors came out and just went off on the city officials really? they were like leave them alone they're out here doing good stuff that's awesome. this is awesome why are you bothering us so you haven't any local karens no that's amazing when I, when I first moved there we had somebody who would call on everything gotcha and i don't know and we ended up befriend, no we never found out and he called a not he called the cops anonymously okay and because i ended up befriending the cop at the la one of the shows they were at now he's one of the helicopter pilots so he'll 
he took a picture of one of the shows from oh, the, did he? From from the, the helicopter. helicopter. Yes, yeah, so have like that? a police, you know, like the ones you see on like yeah, cops yeah. or whatever of the show. It's is it a good funny. picture? It's good in that it's entertaining. It's yeah, not like that's a great. Also... I mean, the quality sucks and everything, but yeah, it's just yeah. a kind of a cool like, like it comes straight off the cop show. It's who you're friends with, right? Like goes so, so far. So anyway, so we became friends with him, and he was like, "Yeah, man, they, I can, I know the general area it came from, but that's it." And uh, so we kind of we had to deal with that guy for a little while, and then I guess he moved. I don't know what happened okay. because all of a sudden we got no had no more problems. It's been good and sense. it's been yeah, totally cool since. So, no, no idea who he was or what happened, or maybe he maybe he came and saw a show and said he liked us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he changed his mind. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Love it. Where do you start a show like that? Hey, what makes you think you can do that? <laughs> Where do you start? How how do you delegate? How like that's a you're talking. I just want people to understand the size and scale of this. What is a com- not a comparable show, but what is on the scale of something so um, people would know. On the on the show live part of it, it's on it's right on par with any of the Cirque du Soleil shows on the Strip. The production side isn't as high as that because okay. they have a billion dollar production budget. But and the I moving parts, the people, but as the far animals, as the, the people feeding, and all that stuff, it's safety. I mean, <laughs> yeah, safety. Right? Yes, yeah, safety. Our, that's our specialty. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> at what age? Where do you start? Um, what makes you think you can do this? So I I got I did the the Cavalia deal with Cirque and I liked doing it and I liked the show but I always was like god there's all these cool things we could do and they won't let us do it because okay. I'm just a performer I had something to do with the creation but like I wasn't high enough up to make any decisions gotcha and uh so you wanted more freedom so I was that. like this would be so cool if they would just let me do this this would be cool I said fuck it I'm gonna do it gotcha so when we left Cavalia I started working on how to on just building up enough animals, building up enough friendships with the re- performers and people, and kind of getting a getting a, a a group of people and animals and everything. And did you learn a lot by being in the show? As far yeah, as yeah. I learned. I learned. A, 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 without going through the creation of that show, there's no way I could have pulled this off. You hear that about a lot. If you want to start a t-shirt company, go work for a t-shirt company yeah. before you start your own. Yeah, because yeah, you're yeah, going to learn sure. valuable lessons and. And unfortunately, I didn't learn as much as I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get back for turned, you. <laughs> turned out, I, turned out, I could have used the second course. Um, I, there, there's just a lot of stuff behind the scenes that, even though I was there, I still hadn't okay hadn't had the, enough experience at, or any. Um, so there's a lot of there was definitely a learning curve. Um, for instance, when that invest when that investor happened. That was right when we were starting to like, okay, we're gonna make the show happen, and he just the timing kind of just worked out. But we bought, like I said earlier, we bought a tent for one point seven million dollars. I had never bought a tent before that didn't come from like Walmart. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah hundred dollars tent. I'm kind of at the mercy of a um, Creative Tent was the company that we used, and kind of at the mercy of them going, hey, okay, I need this much space, and I need to be able to set up and break down. <laughs> what what do you got? What gotcha. can you do? What do you store? And, How do you uh, put it up? So they, it? so they came up with something that they thought would work for us. And in hindsight, if if everything had gone forward with that, we would have ended up having to buy another tent because the setup and breakdown just took way too long. Okay. It would have cost us. But way how do you know much. without doing it? Right. Um, the tent that Cavalia uses 
setup is like five days and teardown is like three and a half or something like that. God, this would have huge, right? This would have taken like a month. I really um, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a two hundred by two hundred building. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's huge. That's huge. Um, and so just the, you know, there are things like that that if I, in hindsight, I would have talked to some friends in the circus world that would have been like, no, that's a terrible idea. Okay. You're not going to be able to set that up and tear it down fast enough. You need to go with a design more like this versus that. So there's a lot of those kind of things that like I kind of learned after the fact um, that a whole investor thing turned out as big a disaster as it all was. It was also a great learning experience. They, generally, I, generally they are, aren't they? Yeah, and I learned a ton of things not to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and luckily, that is because it right? fell apart, that was all on his dime. You ever heard that saying, like, fail forwards, fail quickly? Like, that was a bit, that was a good way of doing that, right? You yeah. Learn, you fail quickly, but you learn a lot of lessons yeah. early oh, on, so you could adapt. Right. And, and I mean, it's, I think that's the biggest part of any of that. So you just, you, you have to be willing to fail and you have to be willing to learn from those failures and not just stick your head in the sand and be like, no, it'll work. I'm going to do it that way again. Like, gotcha. okay, these things didn't work right. Why didn't they work right? How do we change that? We need to change it. And how do we, how do we adapt to make this work the way we want it to? Gotcha. So I think there's a lot there, but to get back to your question, um, we got done with that tour. I wanted to build, I, I thought the idea of having my own show sounded really cool. I thought I knew enough to pull it off. And, uh, Don't you love being naive sometimes? Yeah. I feel like being naive. I was like, this can't be that hard. There's a saying, like, <laughs> if I knew how hard the business would be, I never would have started. Yeah, and no. I'm sure you're on the same page. <laughs> yep. Yeah, for sure. But you're so better off just taking action. And, uh, yeah, no, so we, we just kind of went for it. That investor helped. The investor did help. As much as disaster was, it did help. Because when we came out of that, we had a bunch more experience and some more stuff. And we went through a little part of just like this sucks and like i said i built the damn bleachers i was like fuck it let's do the show here let's just start we'll start small well, we'll how small were you when you started how many horses how many how many staff or oh the staff was probably performers about 10 tech staff was me <laughs> um, was, uh, was your wife in the show at the time yeah, From the start? yeah. okay so you and lisa so at that point yeah she was okay. already there um ooh. <sighs> I want to say at that point, and I, I had probably fifteen horses. I'm kind of guessing okay. at that. I don't know something. It still was so it wasn't tiny. No, no, it just hadn't grown as big. I mean, and we had we with the investor thing, we had like thirty horses or something. Oh wow! And so okay. We, so it felt tiny. So compared, uh, yeah, so we kind of had to we had to scale everything back. Felt I like had you a, took a huge step back. Yeah, I mean, our sound lighting budget for the show was a million dollars. I had a million dollars for sound and lights to um we went from that to hey what can we get from harbor freight that'll light up the thing enough and we'll do the show at sunset so we get some cool natural lighting gotcha just so, to make it more epic yeah so you know that we had to scale it i mean we scaled it down from a 10 million dollar show to a show we were able to do on no real budget okay um the good part was i owned all the stuff so i didn't you know like the horses i already had i didn't have to yeah. buy horses the music we had we didn't have to buy music um, we had just got everyone had just gotten paid to rehearse the show for six months straight. So okay, so the so we had the performers were getting paid, were they? Yeah. So while okay. we were performing, while we had that investment, the performers were getting paid, and I actually, I, for, I, I'm a big fan of paying people 
enough that they're happy about the pay so that then they concentrate on the show. Um, one of the, when we did Cavalia, one of the, th the creation part, the contracts were originally written in French and then translated to English and translation was bad and so nothing made any sense. And we ended up, we got paid like, uh, it was like $200 Canadian a week or something a really week. stupid. Oh, wow. Um, and we got, we, we, everything was paid for. We didn't have any expenses. We had housing and food and all that stuff. But it was still like, like how did I, at the time, I think it was like 75 cents to a dollar. So it was like mm. $130 a, a yeah. month, a week was our paycheck. Gotcha. And I remember everybody sitting around the bar after work or whatever. And most of the conversation was always how much they're screwing us over on money. Yeah, yeah, which doesn't and doesn't help anything, like, does it? I don't want that to be the, what the performers are sitting around talking about afterwards. Not I want them to be sitting around going, that was really cool when we did this thing, but mm. what if we... Mm. How do you make the show better? To, yeah, that's what I want them sitting around talking about. I don't want them bitching about not having enough. Yeah. The money sucks. So anyway, point of that is, when we did the creation, I was paying them $1,000 a week gotcha. for which creation, is, which, which is... It plus housing, plus food, plus I mean they they had zero expenses other than their cell phone bill and and gas if they wanted to have their own car there. So their focus is on the show. The so show that, only. so and even Cirque du Soleil doesn't pay that for creation. No, so no. so we doesn't pay that well. So it was it was really everyone was really happy about that part of it, and so they're willing they're they're a lot more willing to come and work. Okay, when we're like. This show is going to be on donations. I have no idea if we're going to make five dollars each or like we're just going to split the donation pot. And because oh, so okay, so what have you the show made? Like right, you split it between the, all the yeah. We just split it. Okay, so we, did we, you take any expenses out first, or you just I took out the expenses it cost to put the show on okay, that day. That makes sense. So then, whatever we spent, you know, printed material and, and uh, we took that ones, out, and then yeah. we split the rest evenly okay. between everyone. Um, Which is how cool is that? Like that's. Been That's, a lot cooler if it was a million dollars. Yeah, but, of, but. <laughs> I, but I mean, just the fact you're willing to do that for the for the long term for the big picture. I, I, yeah, it's a. Uh, you seem my, my my goal has always been the big picture in this thing. And you seem to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, which most people don't aren't really able to do, are they? They always see from their perspective. I <laughs> but I mean, you're you're putting yourself in the performer's shoes. Like, hey, how would I feel? What would I need? What would make me comfortable? Well, I'm one of the performers too, so it, yeah. it's not. I mean, I'm right there with them. Yeah, which is awesome. So, like you're in the trenches with them, which so is. So it's it's not like I'm sitting up in an office going, these numbers. We can <laughs> cut some numbers from here. This guy doesn't need to get paid that much. Why is he getting paid so much? He's only in the show yeah. for like 20 minutes. It's, but I mean, that's a, that's so, amazing that you're doing that from the um, start. So I mean, the goal is that at the end of the day, the whole thing makes a lot of money, and I make a lot of money. I mean, I'm not I'm not doing this as a charity event. Like it, I want to make. A real, real money at the end of the day, but I'm willing to wait for it to happen when it, when the thing's making the money that everyone can make a lot of money yeah. versus, oh, I'm going to take ninety percent and you guys are all getting shit. So and most most people aren't willing to put the work in long term. Like instant gratification. Like the gym is a perfect example. Everyone wants, <laughs> everyone wants the guns. Nobody wants to put the work in. Everyone wants the six pack. No one's willing to do the diet. So how yep, yep, how do you how do you build that long term? Most people don't have the ability to think long term. How how have you done that? How and how many years have you been um, going for well, now? Honestly, like, probably because I I started. I mean, I was competitive. I was competitive with the horse stuff, and the, the it's not instant gratification. You can't. You 
don't get it's just like gymnastics you're not going to go out there and learn to do double back in five minutes no you train it for years and years and years and years and years and finally one day you hit it yeah and it's the same for anything worthwhile yeah right? you, you just so if you don't if you don't have the mindset of like yeah i'm just training it's not this is we're building it up it takes time you're never you're just not going to get anywhere you're like yeah. you have that instant thing if i go out on the on a gym floor and try to throw a double back or i go to the gym like i'm gonna bench press 500 pounds today and i've never trained before well i'm not even gonna get the bar off the ground i'm gonna kind of jump in the air and fall on my ass like you know yeah. like it's not it doesn't work that way so just i guess i started as a kid i just always been what what do I got to do? What are the, all these steps, hundreds of thousands of steps to get to the point where I actually want to be? Hard work, consistency. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that's all. It's, yeah. it's just putting in the time, being consistent, and working hard. And I think that goes for anything from trying to build a show from the ground up to trying to build bigger biceps. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. Just what put is, in the time. What is the goal with the show? You want to be on the strip? You want to be traveling the world? I do not want to be traveling the world. I have tra I've been on you've, tour you've been most of my life. Okay. I have traveled all over Europe. I've traveled all over the Middle East. I've traveled all over the North America. I've traveled, don't get me wrong, I'd love to go to take a trip to Hawaii to go hang out, but I yeah. don't want to tour. I don't want the show to be a touring show just because to me, the logistics parts. are a nightmare. Okay. They're just, it's a pain in the ass. So and what, I've been doing it forever. What's the um, idea? What's the the, idea the goal is that an executive from Caesars calls me up and goes, hey, we saw your show. We really want it here. Gotcha. And you're not, so. I'm not expecting it to go that simple. I mean, it's going to, yeah, but I mean, that's the goal. But the goal would be to be on the strip. Okay. Permanently. Permanent, permanent gotcha. show on the strip. And then are you, would you always plan on being performing at it or would you like to step back and kind of oversee the show? I mean, eventually, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I'm not 20. Yeah, I'm not 20 anymore. Right. Eventually, I will have to step back more and more um at some point i'll probably have to step out of the arena completely okay. and just you know my job will be right checks um that i mean that's the reality of it i if everything goes the way i would like it to go i'll probably do one more show so we probably have two different shows going i, I don't think i want to do more than that it was one of the like cirque du soleil is a great example there's 500 different shows and i feel like the the creativity from the person at the top, Guy at the time, kind of gets watered down. There's just too much going on, and, and any one person only has so much creativity. And what they do is they hire in people that that are also creative and that kind of work on each show okay. individually. So that, so there's not one guy go, com, coming up with all of it. There's lots and lots of people at different levels, but it. I, I don't I don't know that's not my goal that's mm. not I don't want 40 shows going around I, I two sounds awesome okay I got a question for you because uh, I've been a performer when you how many how many times a week have you done the same show like when you've been t have you done five uh, nights a week have you done yeah. seven um I think the most that I've ever the, the most I've ever done were seven no I lied I did a show and I did a show where we did three to five shows a day oh wow the exact same that, show. Yeah. How that, do you find yourself getting unmotivated? Cause I, that because show, you become like a robot. That show a little bit. The one really cool thing about doing a show with animals is that it's never exactly the same. That's a good point. There's always variables. Gotcha. So there's always you're all you you can't just 
go robot. Yeah, you kind of go through the motions. You know, okay. some guy in the audience has a little something or other that that one of the animals doesn't like, and now you've got a problem that you have to okay. deal with without the audience knowing that you're dealing with a problem. So That's there's always so yeah. it keeps you a little bit. It keeps it a little less robotic. Okay. Which is nice. Honestly, one of my favorite things about doing live shows versus like film is that you have to be on your toes. You have to make this work right now in front of an audience to the best of your abilities and make it make it as seamless as possible versus going, oh, this didn't work. Let's retake it. Okay. So Yeah. No, I, I feel like only a performer would understand that question because you are doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And the animal totally, thing makes a lot of sense. So when we did when I was in Cavalia, one of the acts we were in didn't have any animal or at least I I wasn't involved in any animals in one of the 14 acts I was in. And that particular act would get kind of robotic. Okay. Because you would you know, I'd turn here, I step over here, I do this, I do this move, I do that. And mm. it did get a little bit like, okay, and to be totally honest, I got to where I would be cracking jokes is how I learned the only French I ever learned was so I could crack jokes to the French people while oh, we're doing that act. Gotcha. Just to keep yourself entertained. <laughs> Just to kind of keep like keep people okay. on their toes, keep me on my toes. You know, I'd say something stupid and you're supposed to stand there all stoic and you say something stupid when while the audience can't see you because something's going yeah, in front yeah, of you yeah. and the guy next to you is going <laughs> <laughs> So I like it. Just kind of screwing around. Um, I'm sure you've had some pretty good injuries. What's 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 some good ones? Uh, most recent one, bicep got. Oh, is that from? Uh, yeah, that was that a Halloween. Show? Yeah, Halloween last year. Oh, really? What yeah. what happened? I tore tore the ligament right off the bone. How'd you do it? I've seen you recovering <laughs> from it on social. Getting, I I did something to it, training where it was pretty hurt. Okay, I, it, I knew it. It was hurting, and then I was just getting ready for the show, and uh, there was a stupid stump that was I needed to move. And there's a root sticking out, sitting in front of me, and a root sticking out over here. Yeah, yeah. And I just reached out to grab it and yanked it back really hard, and just think, just not thinking anything about anything, and it popped. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, what yeah. about what about like? I don't people. I don't think people understand quite what you do. You're on like top of huge yeah. like draft horses at Clydesdales. You're standing on like two horses. Yeah. You got another four in front of you. Yep, and, and you, I'm picking and, up, and I'm picking people up. Yeah, over you've my got head your at the same wife in your arms. Yeah, um, what have you come off? Have oh you? yeah, no, that was just the most recent stupid one. But a um, couple concussions, compressed C five and C six, eight pins and screws in that ankle from the second break on it, um, torn abdominal, cracked sternum. That one really hurt. Uh, <laughs> that one really. <laughs> yeah, like a shoulder stump right? Like. Uh, which one's which? Rotary cuff, separated shoulder, broken collarbone. I'd probably have to. Have, you, have you heard someone else come off and you've landed on them? Well, because you're no, a big, you're a big guy. No, part of not part of the the whatever of being in my since I'm always the one picking people up and whatever is that you take the fall. Okay, so, <laughs> so you, you'll, you'll be the coach. So, yeah, so what happens, and we've come off in bad positions with other people, and what happens is you kind of wrap them up and try to spin your back or your shoulder or whatever, and they okay. land on you. So it doesn't always feel good, but they normally walk away. <laughs> um, all right, so you, you've got the show, you've got your wife, you guys do it together. 
you got such a stressful thing going on. How has it been a relationship and running a business like that? Are you guys like got each other's back? Is how do how do you ha- juggle that? Um, honestly, it's she, we we really help each other on it. So it's because you guys seem super tight. You're like, yeah, you got a really no, we, good relationship. we don't have. I mean, don't get me wrong. In the middle of a thing going crazy, it's not like we've never yelled at the other person or something. Yeah, but it, but. 99.9% of the time we it it works great and we're working with each other and trying to make things happen and so it's we have you got different skill sets that kind of complement each other or are you very very much Yeah, the she's same? pretty. <laughs> yeah, you're not right. <laughs> and I can lift heavy shit. <laughs> but I mean, does she too, so. does she deal with different you like I find uh, guys less emotional dealing things. Um, like girls are a little bit more emotional. We, kinda, I mean, so we have there's four of us that work full-time on the show as far as so we all kind of have our our what we do okay um so yeah she kind of has a certain set of tasks that are kind of more her deal and she takes Deals care of our skill sets and um, yeah okay. we, so we all kind of deal with have our own our own thing and then we you know check in with each other and make sure that everything's working and what but um we all kind of have our own our own stuff and and her skill sets the the stuff she does in the show well honestly a bunch of stuff we both do yeah but she has a couple of skill sets that she does that i don't really have a whole lot to do with okay i fix things (laughs) (laughs) i think strong i fix things (laughs) um i had a question you've got um so you got exciting news coming up you got a you're going to be in a netflix show correct yeah a movie Um, in a movie it's a uh, Rebel how, Moon. You're how do you get Google that? It. Like, how does someone find you? That is actually I mean, that's very amazing, bizarre. Right? It's actually a very bizarre story how that actually how that worked out. Um, what was it, by the way? Sorry, Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon. Um, it's Zack Snyder film. Okay. Um, there's a bunch of big names in it. I can't talk about a lot, but you're welcome to Google it, and you'll get way more information than I'll okay. tell you. Um, so, how does uh, Netflix find you? <laughs> so, it's actually a very bizarre turn of events I turned down a circus show because I had another event that I was supposed to do and I, I turned it down is this they, recently uh, last year okay they hired um, Kansas Carradine who's David Carradine's daughter okay to do the do the show and we used to work together on Cavalia she was coming down to get to them she had to go through Vegas and she hit me up and was like hey I'm coming through Vegas to do this gig do you mind if can I lay over at your place? And I was like, yeah, sure. The the Zope gig, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> Actually, I did that last year, and I was turning didn't do it this year, so I guess you got picked up. Cool. So she came down, hung out a little bit, saw all the horses, went and did the gig, and then went and visited a friend of hers, Tad Griffith, who is a stunt guy in L.A. Okay. Um, if you saw the Zorro with Antonio Banderas, mm-hmm. he's the guy who did the stood on the horse and jumped over the tree branch. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's in a bunch Superman and Spider Man's and a bunch of other stuff, but that's okay. kind of the easy. Um, and I've I've known him. I've talked like we've met a few times over the years, forever, but not like on a not good friend kind of thing. And so she went and visited him, and he just happened to be. They were talking about an upcoming movie he was trying to get set up for. I said, yeah, I need a bunch of draft horses. 
that can be ridden in stunts and stuff. And she's like, oh, I was just at Eric's place. <laughs> How crazy is that? that? And, you know, he has all those. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's, uh, okay, because you're not too close. Yeah. He didn't really think he Yeah, he didn't. And he's like, oh, I forgot about him. I wonder if he'd be interested. So then he hit me up, and we start talking. And How cool is that? Yeah, so totally random, weird. And who knows? I mean, there's not, there's not a lot of most draft horses pull a wagon that's yeah so he may have ended up finding me on it anyway even yeah. if just because there's not a lot of options but the but way I mean, it, the yeah. way it worked out was pretty funny that's amazing have you shot yet or you got it oh yeah we've been shooting all summer oh you have yeah oh, no, awesome. we've been shooting that's why i've been so hard to get hold of um, yeah okay oh that's we, why you've been traveling so much yeah, we've okay. been shooting all yeah we've been shooting all summer we've shot like two months already um is this we, the first time you've been in a movie yeah, I've done some reality stuff and TV stuff and whatever. Okay. It's the first like movie, and this is how a, is it? Are you enjoying the process? Is it like what's? <laughs> are you allowed to say? Is it stressful? I mean, you can handle I, stress anyway. It's. <laughs> I don't think it's stressful because I'm used to doing live shows. Okay, I'm used to having to work right now. Make it work. Show is at out. shows at eight o'clock. This all has to be ready, and it all has to be working. No second takes. And there is yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. There they're like yeah we're gonna shoot it. 7 a.m. Okay, fine. We'll be there at 5 in the morning to be ready because you guys think it takes me three hours to get ready. Oh, we're pushing it back. You're going to shoot somewhere before lunch. Okay, cool. Oh, you know what? Go ahead and go to lunch. I think we're going to have to push it back a little more. Okay, cool. 7 p.m. Okay, we're ready to shoot. Great. Really? So much fun. I'm so happy that you got me here 14 hours yeah, before yeah. I need so to do just anything. Hanging out the whole day. Um, is, is it fun to watch, or is it is only so much you need? Well, I don't. It's not. Like, I mean, it's a huge set. It's a 400 okay. million dollar budget on this movie, so okay. everything is everywhere. Um, so I don't really like, and I'm dealing with horses and the stunt. St like, I'm in a very, very separate from okay. the rest of it. So like, I deal with the actors and stuff when we're on set doing things, but I don't deal with it the rest of the time whatever else they're shooting i have nothing to do with okay um so it for the most part i sit around and i'm bored that's that's what most of it is interesting and then when we go to shoot a lot of the people are movie are like really like okay man we got to make the, the and they get all nervous i'm like this is what i do this this is the easy part are you yeah, kidding yeah. me like if it doesn't go perfect, we just do it again. I don't understand why this is yeah, stressful. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, this how, is many, easy... how many takes is it taking to kind of get the shots? It depends. Um, there's so many variables, everything from the actors having to do, hit their lines to the extras having to be in the right place to the lighting having to be right yeah, to yeah. the camera just wanting a different angle to... So some uh, we did one shot where... I probably can't go into too much detail. We had one shot where the actress was doing something with a horse and hours. Really? We were there hours. Over and over and over and over again. And all the horse had to do was stand there. Gotcha. Like, and it just, uh, we were there for hours trying, taking it over and over and over and over again. And then sometimes it's like one or two shots and we're good. Mm. So it just, Interesting. It, it just depends. It has, I think, on some of the more and movies uh, my first big movie period so I don't really know what I'm talking about but it feels like some of the big complicated shots they kind of 
try to they they t- do a couple takes and figure okay this is this is what we're going to get on some of the more intimate simple shots where they can really get you know they want to see the teardrop on the actor or whatever yeah that sometimes seems to go forever because they want to get every single little detail perfect whereas on the kind of bigger epic complicated stuff they're just like cool that was close enough to what we need we can do the rest in post gotcha um that that's the feeling i get i again i'm no movie expert yeah no that makes sense do you have a um have you got a uh, sudden animal you got a special connection with or you got like a favorite horse yeah um yeah we so my favorite horse forever actually passed in 2020 uh, and that then, was the one you had the okay yeah what was its name red red okay not was, was it really was creative alpha? was that yeah the, okay yeah, yeah. what well, not a very creative name because when I got him, I bought like eight horses at the same time. And, gotcha. And I was just trying to come up with names, and he was like red colored. Big so I was red. Like, big red. That's gotcha. exactly what I called him. Um, and what what made him so? He special? was just. It was like a, I don't know. If you think of, if you put horses like like cars, like a, a quarter horse would be like a Camaro, and a thoroughbred would be like a Ferrari, and a draft horses kind of like a big truck. Okay. He was like a monster truck. <laughs> he he was, you know, the rest of them were kind of a big diesel truck going down the road. He had a 1500 horse nitromethane burning gotcha. blower motor under the hood. Gotcha. So he had all the big size and everything, but when you wanted him to go, he'd smoke the Ferrari. Gotcha. Just, and and all it took to want him to a lot of the times with the drafts, you kind of got to push them. They're a little bit lazier, and they don't really... I mean, they'll play and whatever, but if... You know, they work a little bit, and they're kind of like, cool, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Him, yeah. man, all you had to do to get him to go was not tell him to stop. Really? As soon as you were like, okay. And so... So he enjoyed what? He, yeah, he just... just and it... I, you can't, you had to bring him down. Like I'm pretty sure he would have run himself into oh, really? death if you let him. Like, he just... You had to... Okay, we're done. Um, and did you just have a special bond with one? Yeah, he, we just. I don't uh, really understand that bond. Not growing up with horses, but I know everybody who's had horses say there's, there's just something special about. Yeah, they're the bond with they, horses. I think it's just humans have grown up or not grown up have uh, evolved with horses alongside mm. horses for so long that it's just something that. So that connection is real. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely there, and um, yeah, and, and I mean I love all of them. It's not that was my kind of mm. favorite I no, guess. no that which makes total sense and then randomly last year i was at an auction looking for a horse and found this one's really blonde a really similar horse as far as like attitude and energy oh, really? and everything okay. I, so he's kind of taken that spot and who's that one odin odin that's odin. a cool name who names yeah. the horses uh, <laughs> we, I don't, I don't know. We we kind of throw out a bunch of names and then go, okay. hey, I like that one. Like, yeah, you so, and Lisa, or like the four. Whole... There's the four of us. Okay, uh, Nicole, Alethea are the other two. Okay, and then, um, yeah, we we just kind of throw it out there. Sometimes we put a thing up on social media to come that's up with ideas, idea. and that's a really good idea. People shoot a bunch of names. Most of the names they come up with are names that we either already used or or they're funny that don't really have anything to do with okay but just because we have a bunch of the people kind of know where our theme they're kind of like norris greek mythology 
that we're using for for naming yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll throw out a bunch of stuff like, oh, Titus. Yeah, we already got a Titus. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? Polo. Uh, pol yeah, so yeah. Gotcha. Um, so we, but it kind of we play with it on social media, and then we kind of sit around and kick it around and normally give it a little bit of time just to see if the horse kind of seems like a like a you know okay. if it kind of fits does that horse seem like it should be a thor or is it yeah, yeah you know what i mean okay so kind of interesting yeah. there's no no magic yeah anything yeah i just kind of lastly i just wanted to ask you anyone out there thinking of starting a business or like something as huge as what you do or just just a simple little business like what, what's your kind of advice uh don't half-ass it either do it or don't i like that if you're if you're gonna go for it go all in don't have plan b c d and i know everyone oh you should have plan b and you shouldn't have plan b because then there's something to fall back on yeah that's that's plan, that, right? plan b is make plan a work i like that um that's what how, i that's, love that yeah <laughs> what about having a safety net or having a certain amount of money behind you or do you feel like if you're if you're stingent you feel like it, you're gonna figure it out i i feel like if you wait for that you're just wasting time okay don't get me wrong i would rather have a million dollars sitting in the bank when i go hey i'm gonna do this but if i go hey i'm gonna do this shit my bank account's got 10 bucks in it well, I could go and work for somebody and try to make a million dollars and spend the time and do all that shit. Or I could just say, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And what and, about valuable lessons you're learning by taking action opposed to affecting? Um, <laughs> nothing happens if you don't make it happen. Nothing happens for free. And I don't mean that monetarily. Nothing happens if you don't actively do something about it. Gotcha. So if you're going, I want to start a t-shirt business. Okay, start looking at t-shirts. Start looking at the machines. I can't afford that machine. All right, jump on Craigslist or OfferUp or whatever. Figure out a way to do it. I can't do that. Well, maybe you can look look at having someone else print the first set of them. Can you? And then you gotcha. you get a, get the business moving. And I mean, I'm just pulling shit out of no, my no, ass I right love now. That. But how do I get this business moving and making some money and doing something? Okay, now I, I found a guy who will help me out and print pretty cheap so i'm going to print these shirts i'm going to turn i'm going to sell these using him as the the printer and now i've got a little money coming in now i could buy this machine off of facebook that needs a little Second bit of work hand. but I, yes I, but it needs yeah. a work i'll figure out i can I'll, how do i fix it okay I'll figure out how to fix it it's a lot cheaper put a little bit of work in now i've got a good machine it just took a little work to make it work and I'm doing it in my garage, but at least I'm Love that. starting it yeah. and, get it, and getting it moving versus sitting around going, all right, how do I get the money to buy this? Everything and, that didn't fall on my lap, therefore I'm not gonna take right. action. So that, I, I love that, that's, that's just such a... Just do it, figure it out. Figure, a, um, scale it to wherever you have to scale it for the time and build it from there. Love it. This is a Tony Robbins saying, because it's not a lack of resource, it's a lack of resourcefulness. And you seem very much on, you seem to yeah, really I, understand that. I, I don't think there's anything you can't do if you're willing to figure it out. Mm. Um, I it mean, may not happen overnight, but eventually no, you it, will figure it's it not, out. I mean, for whatever reason, Elon Musk wants to go to Mars. I don't know why, a frozen desert sounds like shit to me, but he wants to go to Mars. He's figured out a way that he's probably going to end up on Mars. Mm. I, 
Or if he not, doesn't, someone else is going to because of what he's put in, right? Like, right. And, uh, and I mean, I would, I would bet money that he ends up on Mars. It yeah. might be his dead body gets shot out there. I don't know. But <laughs> I, uh, my money says that that guy ends up yeah. on Mars. But the point is, it's possible. I mean, what did he start? Uh, not, I, don't, I don't know the, his startup details exactly, but I don't think he came from a billion dollars. PayPal. He, he built up a one thing and used that to leverage another thing and built mm. that to leverage another thing, and now he's got fucking SpaceX going. And he's, he's got, shooting yeah. rockets up into space for... Yeah, you know, that's what he, he wants to do, just, and yeah. he's figured out how to do it. And he didn't, he didn't wait for NASA to call him up and... Well, he sat on his couch playing video games and say, "Hey, you want to come be a rocket engineer?" Mm. You know, he figured out how to get rockets that'll go to Mars. Love that. Even and even Tesla, he contacted car companies first, and the car companies weren't interested. He's like, "I'm just going to start my own." That's crazy, right? Yeah. And now look where Tesla is. Yeah. Huge. No, it's and that's you know you you. So you take that, lessons that's from how, these people. That's that's how things happen. You mm. you make them happen, and you make them happen. You figure out. You know, like I said, scale it from wherever you have to. I, I mean, had he gone a different route, he could have maybe started with AC cars and been like, I want to make electric cars. I'm going to start with a small-scale AC car, and I'm going to get those better than the other ones out there, sell those, and scale them up. Then we'll have ones that, you know, kids can drive around, and we'll mm. scale up from I, I mean, I'm just throwing out yeah, like, yeah. dumb ideas on how how you could build it without having to go, okay, I'm going to wait till Ford goes... Hey, you want to come build electric cars for us? Yeah. Because that doesn't happen. Okay. I mean, maybe for somebody it does, but for the majority of us, that doesn't happen. What does happen is you can go, how do I make a movie company? Okay. That's what I want to do. Now I need to figure it out. And you start figuring it out. And start breaking it you down. Maybe you have to start with a, with a cell phone. Yep. And you and doing social media movies. I don't know. It's not something I have any interest in, so I don't know. I, yeah. don't, I haven't ever no, put any I, thought into it. Totally but, get what you're saying. But start figuring it out. Take figure action, out a way. Yeah. Figure it out. Make it happen. And just keep going. And uh, if you're willing to do it and you're willing to, willing to work hard at it, I mean, The Rock always, The Rocks has that stupid saying, be the hardest working person in the room. Mm. And, you know, if you if you're willing to work hard enough at it, a, you'll get things done, but B, other people will see that, and they'll jump in and help you out. Mm. Like you, people like to be part of something. So if you if you start this and you get it going, you'll have people who are like, "Hey, this is an awesome idea. I love it. What can I do to help?" Yeah, and and the right people will recognize the grind. Like right. you're coming here. We're in a spare bedroom against the wall. We have storage over here. But you're here, and you respect the fact that I'm taking action. Therefore, right. you're here. So I, yeah, I totally and, get it. Yeah, and you, I mean, you get like, exactly this deal. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what your end goal is here, but you got to start somewhere. And here's a mm. great place to start. You know, this build it up, keep it going, get get more. You know, you get more traction, get some more money coming in. Eventually, have your own studio that yeah. you're working in. You know, turn that into the next level of where, whatever, whatever that level, yeah. wherever it is that you that that end goal is, and, and it goes back and to being I patient. And I don't, like you yeah, said, you have to be patient because yeah. it's not going to happen instantly. And then the the reality is that end goal changes too. I mean, like with the show, I haven't got there yet, but with some of the competitive stuff, I wanted to 
beat a national champion. I got that. I did it. So then I was like, well, all right, hit that goal. Now what do I want to do? I want to whatever. I, and then I wanted to. I want to be performing on a on a worldwide show. Got there. Did that. Okay. Well, now I want the show to be my own. So you're moving. You know. Now now I'm at that level of yeah. of it. When when this all happens and I get it to where I want. Will that be the end goal? No. Probably not. I'll probably be like, well, this is cool. I mean, right now I'm like two shows as much as I want. Who knows? Maybe I get yeah. two shows going. I'm like, this is so awesome. I want another show. Yeah. Or I want to build electric cars. I don't know. Whatever so con- Whatever the next. Constantly setting goals, constantly pivoting. Yeah, and just and be, you know, be open to changes and be open to whatever you want to do. Being not, not necessarily being the total end goal, but being the goal. Gotcha. You get to that goal. And you learn more. I mean, every every time you accomplish something, you learn something. Every time you fail, you learn something. And sometimes that learning makes you think, huh, you know what would actually be more cool? What if? Mm. And then you go and do that. So. I love that, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, no I worries. I really appreciate that. That was um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>